0: From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict episode two hundred and nineteen. Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by the wonderful Mr. Brad Dowdy,
1: the wonderful sounding Mr. Brad Dowdy. I might add.
0: Yep, you still sound amazing. So <laughs>
1: velvety smooth. Hey, thanks for all the 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 props on the uh, audio audio quality. We got um a lot of good feedback on that. Uh, it went really well last uh last week with the new gear and uh, everyone noticed which was uh cool
0: yeah I'm, I'm glad that people seem to be liking it i have to say that when i was editing the show i was very happy because that that was one of the main things that as i said like, that prompted me to go ahead and get this all sorted is that when i was editing the show i was becoming frustrated with it mm. so that's why we did it so i'm sorry if it frustrated anyone and i'm
1: happy that we got it got it all set yeah, I don't think it did. I don't think it did, but it's just now that it's better. It's noticeably be- yep. noticeably better. Um, I was on a show called Gear Geeks Live last night uh-huh. with our friend uh, Tony from Everyday Commentary, and uh-huh. he called me NPR Brad. So
0: NPR, that's good
1: actually. That works. Mm-hmm. I like that. So that's the new setup is NPR Brad.
0: Talking about uh, other places that we are uh, we've been talking about this on a bunch of shows where relay FM is celebrating its second year anniversary, which means that relay FM members are getting their first ever bonus content so over the next couple of weeks and over the previous week or so we've been publishing uh, special members shows. ...to a special members feed that Relay FM members will get. If you're a member of any show, at any price point, you'll be able to get all the bonus content. Uh, and we are going to be recording and releasing a bonus episode of The Pen Addict in early September. Um, in the first few days of September is when that episode's going to go up. And uh, for it's kind of a little bit of a mash-up in a way. We've been doing a bunch of mash-ups, which I quite like. Um, And this one, or crossovers, depending on how you might think of them. Mm. Uh, And on this one, we're going to be crossing over The Pen Addict with my uh, previously retired show, Inquisitive. And we're going to be talking about Brad's favorite album. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be out uh, in a couple of weeks' time.
1: Yeah, I'm anxious. I'm anxious because, uh, you know, it's. I I will say it is not my number one favorite album of all time. Mm -hmm. But it's like a hugely important album to me in my musical taste and style and philosophy and all that stuff. But
0: that is all we'll say for now. Save it for right. the show. Uh, we'll right. let you know when it goes up, but uh, you want to go and sign up and become a member now and you'll get it. So go sign up, relay.fm slash membership. Talking about amazing things that people should spend their money on. <laughs> you have been working, squirreling away behind the scenes <laughs> with our good friends over at Retro 51 and have created... The pen addict branded and customized Retro 51. How did this come about? How did this come to be?
1: So created is a is a good word because, <laughs> because it's already gone. This is all in past tense now. But they actually reached out to me last year. Um, probably like in the fall or so, wanted to said, Hey, you know, we'd we'd love to create a pen with you if you're if that's something you're interested in. I'm like, actually I am interested in that, just not right now. And, you know, I would, I'd let them in on my plans, you know, at that time in the fall, I hadn't quit my previous job and it was still working towards doing this full time. And so I said, once I get settled in and have left my job and I'm doing the pen addict and knock full time, then let's talk about doing a collaboration. So they actually reached back out to me like in February ish or so. And we started talking about, what a Panonic Retro Fifty One would look like, what it would be. Importantly to me, what it would cost, how many I would have to order, and so we just worked over a couple months on all the details, got it hammered out. I signed off on it, I paid for it, and then uh, they produced it in about two or three months, and uh, and then I sold it out in the matter of matter of days. Which you know, if I went public, with, oh, so it's gone. Oh, it's long gone.
0: Hmm.
1: It was gone last week. If I went public with it. When I launched it, it would have been gone in a day, I'm pretty sure. But I knew that might happen. So I gave the members, the Pen Attic members, uh, first crack at it. For what a few another days. great
0: reason to be a Pen Attic member as well.
1: <laughs> well, plus they also got 25% off, which wow. I'll tell you right now, I'm doing other pins. That's not going to happen for every pin. Not every vendor allows you to discount their things, discount yeah. their products. So that was a big deal to be able to do that. And um, so the members had advanced notice, like, So my member's newsletter goes out on Saturday. I listed it for them. I gave them about four days. Um, I was actually going to give them five, but Retro 51 was chomping at the bit to post it themselves. So I let them post it on their Facebook feed and Twitter feed on Wednesday. Then I posted about it on the blog on Thursday. As soon as those two things happened, they they were gone. So I, I bet the members got at least half of them um which is good you know they had several days they had a discount um a big discount I-, I will say um it made it very very inexpensive and um it the feedback has been wonderful it's you know it's i was nervous about getting 300 pens right that's a big number that's a big outlay of money um and omg can i sell all these things right <laughs> um so this was It wasn't a test, but it certainly told me, okay, the expectations, um, I I can ramp that up a little bit, you know, like if I do another one, like this is not something I will do frequently. I don't, I am very conscious in everything I do about overloading anything, right? I don't do too many advertisers. I don't do too many posts. I don't do, you know, I'm not going to sell too many things at Mm -hmm. one time. So there's not going to be another retro in three months, you know? i can't see doing more than one a year you know i think that's the right pace but knowing what happened this time with if i went public with it on day one i would have been sold out in no more than two days i can guarantee that um i will do at least 500 next time that's
0: awesome Mm -hmm. it's making me want to do one
1: yeah 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 I so like say, a relay one or a mike was right one or, i was uh,
0: i mean there are absolutely no plans for this i just say no plans <laughs> i haven't spoken to anyone but like it's it's make it's just making me want to do a relay one which would be kind of cool like a blue one with the relay logo mm-hmm. on the finial yes
1: yeah, so i in the members newsletter i sent out some of the tr- mock-ups mm-hmm. the blue one in there um You'll have to check out. It's really nice. It's uh, very relay Because
0: what I like about the one that you've gone with is the body, the orange body, is the, the body that we both started with with Retro 51, yep which yep. is a nice callback. We both got the orange one to start. Yep. Um, and then as you say, you've got like, the, the but it's the ones that we got, the ones that they sold, silver, tr- like furniture, and this has the kind mm-hmm. of antique silver. Yep. Uh, but the best part of it, though, is the is the little pen attic logo in the finial, which is kind of <laughs> cool. Yeah. You know? I love it. It's and and I have number two. You saved number two for me just to continue my trend of having number two of all of the, the uh yeah. the limited edition ones.
1: You were like super super worried about it too, because you didn't talk to me for a couple of days until after they launched, I guess, right? And then you said something about any chance I can get number two. Yeah, because
0: I think I was, I was away. I was doing something. So I didn't get to the membership newsletter for a
1: bit, like for a
0: couple mm -hmm. of days. And then I was like, oh, no, like, I've got to make sure I get number two. But you'd already sent it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) It was already, it was probably already at Stephen's house by that time.
0: Yeah, because uh, this was in my box of goodies, which we're going to get to in a moment. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm really, I'm really pleased that you did this. It's, it's nice, and I love the box and stuff. The, the logo on the box, you know, it's, it's cool to me as well, right? Because the, it's based on the artwork that we created for the show, yeah. Um, which we then kind of spread out to the site as well because it just works so well together. So yep. it's really nice to see that on this on on my favorite pen in the world. You know,
1: yeah. There's a lot of meaning behind this pen. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, it and it's subtle and it maybe it's just for uh, you know, us. Um but um you know, there's a, there's a lot there. So it was very cool to do and I'm glad it uh, went so well. So I mentioned my box of
0: goodies. So I get to Stephen's house and there's a box of stuff waiting for me. Um a lot of it came from Brad and it included my my Retro 51. Um it also included the Relay FM Fisher Space Pens. ...that we have made... Mm -hmm. uh, ...of which we sent you one... Uh, ...I'll find a... ...well, I'll put a link in the show notes... ...I'll take a picture of mine... ...yeah, mine's Uh, on Instagram... ...so you can grab it out of my feed... ...oh, I'll grab yours then... Mm. Um, ...this is a thing that we're doing... ...like every year we like to try... ...and now send a gift to our hosts... Uh, ...last year we had the wooden blocks... ...that Mm -hmm. we had sent... ...which were laser-etched with the logo... ...it's on mine too... ...and now we have Fisher Space Pens... ...etched with the Relay FM logo on... ...once again... Uh We have the wonderful Mr. Mike Dudek who mm-hmm. organised and arranged all of this for me, and I think he actually bought the Fisher Space Pens from Ron, which was oh, sweet. which was really funny <laughs> to me. Uh, but that yeah, makes sense. this so that there I picked some of those up, which I'm really happy about. Uh, I think they came out really well. Again,
1: it came out really well. I mean, like exceptionally well. I'm I'm this is one where I'm actually going to have a hard time using it because I like it so much. That's why I got a couple. Yeah, exactly. I want
0: one to keep, and then I'm, I'm going to use another one. So yep. I, I want to get an extra one for me. Uh, yeah, thank so you that, very much for doing that to oh, you and Stephen. We really good, appreciate that. It's a pleasure. As a couple of people pointed out, and this wasn't in the initial thinking, but it's the perfect mix of me and him, pens and space. Right. Right. But the, it wasn't why we thought of it initially, but it yep. was. it's really funny. Oh, I don't know. Maybe that was because Dudex suggested it. Like we mm. were trying to get his help, and he suggested to do the space pens. So I don't know if he had thought that. Maybe he did. He's a smarter man than I anyway. Yeah. Um, but as well as that, so in the box, there was a couple of different things. One was another space pen. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to me what's what this is all about?
1: Yeah. So we have a listener named Brian mm-hmm. who sent me an email and had lots of questions in it, you know, just different things. Going back and forth, he was going to the DC Pen Show and just had some questions. He'd never been to a pen show, you know. Wanted to know which day to come, you know, that kind of stuff. And at the end of the mail it says, "By the way, I work at NASA HQ in DC. Would you and Mike like a Fisher Space Pen from the store there?" Oh, <laughs> and he's like, "I don't know much about them, you know. I don't know if they're just, you know, for that." location or if they're a normal product and i'm like uh, yeah we would we would like um so brian thank you very much he sent uh, you and i one uh, we each got a different one i sent you the one with the space shuttle clip which yep. i thought was really cool and i thought that would especially tick off steven
0: he was very <laughs> jealous of it
1: <laughs> and then mine has is the same shape design and color but has the uh nasa logo like engraved on the cap so it's a little different from yours they're super cool they're the the full length um clicky space pen yeah yeah yeah
0: i didn't even know it was such a thing as a clicky one yep so thank you brian
1: yeah thank you brian that was really really cool uh, it's a it's a great looking pin they actually i was showing them off at, in dc and and anna was taking pictures of them to show to uh her husband because he's into that stuff too and he was all mad and wanting her to steal them from me and so yeah they were a hit
0: taking a picture right now <laughs> so that'll be in the show notes and you'll get to see on the paper behind it the little notes that i take during the show yeah so you can see all that what stuff are you like using brad was terrible there uh carl I was switched over. I was using a pen that we're going to talk about next, and then I switched over to the Retro 51 because mm-hmm. I had it in my hand. Gotcha. So that's going to be in the show notes. But there was also something else in the package that I didn't recognize at first. So mm-hmm. I picked up the package, went through it all. I was like, oh, the Retro 51's here, and my Joey Feldman Retro 51, which she sent over for me because that had mm-hmm. a bit of a tough time getting here. It did. Uh, in the space pen. Was like, this is awesome. And then the next day, I'm going through the package again, and I was like, oh, there's a there's a NotCo case in here, like, oh, maybe this is, like, a new prototype or something that Brad sent me, like, what's he sent me? And I open it up, and there are three pens
1: inside this NotCo case. Mm-hmm. Can you tell the world what these pens are? Sort of. <laughs> I can tell you the story behind them. I don't know how much I can tell you about them, but I'm at D.C., I don't even remember which day this was. I'm guessing it was Friday. I, yeah, it was Friday. And a um, friend of the universe, Thomas Hall, comes over with these three pins in his hand. And he goes, check these out. Look what I just found. Um, what do you think about them? And I was like, wow, they're super pretty. And then he's like, look closer. And, um, you know, they're this, they're this nice um, marbled acrylic, really pretty looking faceted pins. Look like a Omos style pen. And then to look closer and this guy, it's got a retro 51 stamped into the barrel, you know, not stamped into the acrylic. So not like you can't, you can't really see that it's a retro 51 right off hand. And they're all three, like the same shape and design, just all three different colors. And I was like, wow, what are these? And he's like, I have no idea. I've never seen these before. And this guy wants, um, this guy over here selling them. And I asked him if I could bring them to you. And I was like, well, I guess I need to buy these for Mike, right? And he's like, yeah, you need to buy them for Mike. So. not believe did this. <laughs> so I did. And um, we still didn't know at that time what they were, like what they were called, when they were made. Um, but we kept looking online, and it, it turns out they're called the Retro 5188 Fountain Pen. Um, we might actually have to get with Retro 51 to figure out the full lineage, what year they were made. I'm thinking they're maybe about 10 years old, but they could be older. I don't know for sure. There's really very little information about them. Um, I did send you the boxes for them, which actually didn't make uh didn't make your your departure date from the US. So we'll have to figure out what to do about that. Um, but they're the original boxes and, um, there were three colors of them and I just bought them all. I thought you would enjoy that. I didn't know. I couldn't remember if you had bought any of these old style fountain pens or not. I've never seen them. But yeah, they're, they're all fountain pens, which I don't know if we've actually mentioned.
0: Yeah. In all of my searches for when I was like collecting some of this stuff, uh, I had never seen this pen before. Mm. Um, it looks like, you know, looking yeah, they're online, really,
1: they're really hard to find information on online. Yeah.
0: Like I can find some to sell. Uh, that so it looks sold. like
1: it's just actually. I wish they would make their their fountain pens like this now because I don't like the sections on their new fountain pens. So the I, barrels are great, the nibs are yeah. great, the sections aren't great. Yours have the ones you have there are really good. I didn't clean them up or anything, so
0: one you know, of them probably is, need some cleaning. One of them was completely things like clean. that, but
1: they're essentially new.
0: Okay, yeah, one of them was completely clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, the others, the others maybe need a little bit of work on them. Yeah, one but,
1: definitely looked used. Like just the nib looked like it had ink on it.
0: Yeah, exactly. But overall, like they're in fantastic condition, and I'm using one of them today. Um, cool, and they're beautiful, and they're fantastic additions to my collection. And I can't believe that you did this, and I'm very, very thankful. Um, and so I really appreciate it. Absolutely. You. Do you want to know yeah. one of my favorite parts of them? Hmm. So on the, you see it more on the mahogany in the blue one. Um, the clip has a little notch in the clip and then uh, there's a piece of acrylic from the cl- from the barrel on the clips which yep. matches so, yep that's uh, a very cool touch yeah it's really, it's a really nice touch I've never seen something like that before yeah but it's a great way to integrate the acrylic and the, the metal together
1: yep that's very cool I was just shocked at how, how like pretty and well designed they were
0: very different to the stuff that they make
1: now very different you wouldn't you wouldn't walking by a table you would not ever pick that out as a retro 51 would you
0: no how did thomas even know was he just looking at them no
1: clue yeah he was just looking at them
0: huh well i want to thank you you didn't have to do this
1: oh well sure it's my pleasure thank thomas for finding them (laughs) Oh well. you know the look he gets in his face you gotta i've seen that look that look (laughs) usually results in somebody spending money (laughs) yep well this was a no-brainer this was like a super easy decision
0: very nice. Mm-hmm. So, this uh, no more surprises for me for now?
1: I, I'm going to go with no, okay. but you, you never know. You I never know. To, That's the surprise, right. I
0: suppose, right?
1: I am going to San Francisco, and I know when I went to LA, I got some stuff for you. I got that old school Apple mechanical pencil, which is yep. one of the coolest things I've, honestly, one of the coolest things I've ever delivered to you was that. That's one I wanted to steal. That's a really cool pencil. Yeah, Have you ever taken also... a
0: picture of that? No, I haven't. Yeah,
1: it's awesome. It's like an old Parker Vector, but it looks fantastic.
0: Yeah, that one's currently in a in a box for yeah. hopeful moving. So yeah. yeah. That's, that's not too easy to get to.
1: Yeah, so you never know.
0: So yeah, you're got on talking about pen shows.
1: Yeah. You're on your way to one. Another another one. Another one. Last one of the year for me, um, most likely. I, I don't see any reason. That I'll be at any other ones, but you never know. But uh, last show, San Francisco this weekend. Actually, I fly out uh, first thing in the morning. So I'm leaving early tomorrow morning. So I'll be in late Thursday because I have some things going on, some meetings um, Thursday afternoon before I get to the hotel Thursday night. So Mm -hmm. you may see me there if you're there early Thursday. Um, then Friday through Sunday, I'll be working, um, at Van S. pens the whole weekend. So definitely come by and say, hi, we have a meetup scheduled for seven o'clock on Friday night at the hotel. You don't need anything to come just show up. You don't even have to be a show attendee. Just come on, come say hi, come hang out, We're just, we'll have some snacks and maybe some drinks and, uh, I'll I have a bunch of door prizes to give away, but it's really nothing more than just a meetup just to hang out and chit chat. And uh, it's going to be fun. Um, Lisa Van Ness's first time at this show was last year, and she's done nothing but rave about it ever since, so I'm looking for a good time at uh, at this show.
0: So you've never been to the San Francisco Penn Show before? No. Okay. Man, it's going to be great. San Francisco's a fun town.
1: It is. It is. I don't know how much... You know, I go to these pin Shows, I never get to see much of the town, but uh, I'm still pretty excited to be there. I'm pretty excited about the weather, too. I can use some cool weather. <laughs>
0: yeah i can imagine it's been a bit
1: hot yeah actually my wife my wife's jealous like if she she could have worked it out she would have come with me on this trip but she mostly wants. yeah she mostly she she couldn't work it out but mostly she wants to come because of the weather (laughs) we're we're ready for summer to end
0: so talking about nice places you've got a pen inspired by some nice a nice place this is a uh some follow up, right? Uh, from yeah, kind of, kind of DC.
1: Yeah, kind of DC Pin show follow up. My friends Hugh and Carol from Canalea Pen Company. We talked about how beautiful their pens were, how much of a hit they were at. Um, at the DC pin show. So I think the night I got home, I went on their website and ordered one because they, they only had one of the one that I wanted. And they said they'd sell it to me, but they needed to keep it the weekend. And they wanted to show people. And I was like, you know, I just, I, I can wait. I'll order it afterwards. So I did that and it showed up last night. Um, and I didn't have time to unbox it last night. I was so busy. So I thought this morning, um, while I was finishing my packing, um, that I do a little unboxing. I did it on Instagram. You can if You look at those Instagram stories up on the top, you'll see me go through the unboxing. And I bought the Kohala sunset model, which is kind of like a gray, orange, and black model designed off the sunset over the ocean um, on the, I think it's off the Big Island um, in the Kohala region. Um, It's just a really I mean, it's a stunning pen. I don't know what to say about it. Like I've, I've fawned over them before when we talked about it, but I actually got one in. Um, It's as good as I expected. Um, It's actually bigger than I remember, which is a good thing. It's like, it's, you know, it's a big sturdy pen and uh, feels great to write with. Um, I've swapped in one of my gold Edison nibs because um, it deserves a nib like that. Um, Put in some orange ink and uh, I'm ready to go. So I'll bring that to me with, to uh, San Francisco uh, for sure. To show it off but uh, I'm going to use the heck out of it I really really like it
0: so piece of follow up uh, I haven't bought one yet mm-hmm. um, and the only reason is because if the the delivery time on the one that I want is like six to eight weeks mm-hmm. and with any luck I may have changed a dress in yeah that's true and, and so I actually had an email exchange with you, and I told him that I was like, "I'm going to buy one." Like yeah. He wrote to us and thanked us for talking about him on the show, oh, which cool. was a pleasure. Because why the hell would we not talk about these pens? <laughs> uh, I, I said, like, I oh, just the only reason I haven't bought one yet. As, as soon as I know, as soon as our address stuff is all locked down, yeah, I said like, hopefully, it will be a new one. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick one up because, boy, boy, yeah. oh boy, yeah. jealous. Yeah. That's
1: why that's why I ordered the second I got home because I knew the lead time would increase exponentially like yep. in the matter of a day. I mean, I think they went from like two weeks to eight weeks in the span of a day. So I've got some pictures of it in the show notes. Um, You'll, you'll be seeing a lot more pictures of this pen. I'm sure.
0: So Edison nibs you recommend for this?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've got so many of them. I've got two gold ones. I've got a gold one. I use in my orange G 10 that I've had ground down to a fine cursive italic so that's a perfect fit for this pen so i just uh, swapped it right in nice easy peasy
0: and we've got some bumper ask tpa today we're still trying to clear out the ask tpa box i think it gets bigger and bigger the more we do it so which is interesting (laughs)
1: it it does we get more and more email ask tpa than we've ever gotten in the past which actually i enjoy because we get some really um some uh, non-standard questions like this first one we're going to get to But before we do
0: that, I want to take a moment and thank our friends over at Harry's for sponsoring this week's episode. I'm sure that you have been a fallen victim in the past to when a razor manufacturer... Goes through a change, maybe they upgrade their razor, but then they pass the extra cost back on to you again and increase the prices. Right? Which it seems, you know, it's, it seems relatively normal as a thing to do. Oh, this product's better, so we're going to charge you a little bit more for it. And you're getting more out of it, you're getting more features, so you're fine. But you're still paying more money, which isn't always the nicest thing in the world. So wouldn't it be nice if the razors that you use, the company that you're using, they upgraded their razor, they maybe uh, gave it a trimming blade on the back or a lubricating strip. Or maybe even a better flex hinge so it will glide more comfortably on your face. Wouldn't it be great if you got all of those things from your razor company? Of course it would. But imagine if they didn't change the price of it. That's exactly what Harry's have done. They've given all of those fantastic new features along with a new razor handle, which has a great texture to it now, so it won't slip out of your hand. You can get all of this with Harry's for exactly the same price as you'll be used to paying. And if you're not already a Harry's customer, that price is going to be cheaper than what you're currently paying as well. I'm sure of it. Their blades are just $2 a blade, and this is why on average an everyday shaver saves $150 each year when they use Harry's blades. Harry's believers the quality of their products so much that they will give you a full refund if you're not happy. That is a quality guarantee right there. They have an amazing starter set for just $15. You can get a weighted razor handle, moisturizing shave cream, and three precision engineered five blade cartridges. And you also get a lovely travel cover to put them in too. They have incredible design their products all smell great they feel great they're going to keep you looking fresh going to keep you looking trim and because those blades are so cheap you'll be able to swap them out more often and just take the benefit of that smoother shave more frequently now remember that starter set i just told you about where you get the razor shave cream the blades and the cover for just fifteen dollars Well, what if i told you you could get it for just ten dollars Well, all you need to do is go to harrys.com and you'll get $5 off if you use the coupon code PENADDICT at checkout, all one word, P-E-N-A-D-D-I-C-T. Just use that with your first purchase, you'll get $5 off. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, coupon code PENADDICT for a special $5 off. Thank you so much to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. All
1: right, before we get into the Ask TPA, I'm going to put one of our, uh, I'm going to embarrass one of our live listeners here. Uh Uh-oh. It was uh, my birthday this past weekend.
0: Oh yeah, happy birthday!
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I was sent a card that did not arrive. And it was re- returned to sender. And this card contained a poem that I'm going to read. This is from Hot Couple Loving, <laughs> who is now live in the chat room and is now probably turning red in the face. But I'm going to read this poem because it's cool, and and you're in it. This is why I want to read it. Happy birthday to a king of pens. The Pen Addict Blog is where you began. With the help of Mike Hurley, you spread your addiction. We all happily share this pen-loving condition. Now the Pen Addict Podcast reigns supreme. Bow down, you Bic-using fiends. No pen cases suited your needs, so you started NotCo with Jeff, a king of seams. May your day be filled with pens, paper, and analog tools. Keep up the good work. This stuff is really cool. How good is that? That is awesome. It is awesome. So thank you. Hot couple loving. Sorry if I embarrassed you, but I had to read it. (laughs) It was so good. I loved it. It was perfect. So thank you. That's some skills right there. It was, that was some skills. All right. Hard left turn here. Literally. We're going to talk about lefties and we're going to talk about specifically the Apple pencil for lefties. And I saved this question. I've had this question in my inbox for like a couple of weeks. Um, knowing that I wanted to save it for you because you're the one that can answer it. And it's a question from Amy, who's basically saying she's played around with the Apple Pencil using Procreate and wanted to try out digital calli- calligraphy. However, she's a lefty and no matter what setting she used, she could not get the big transitions from thick lines to thin lines that she sees other get- others getting. Out of curiosity, she switched the Apple Pencil to her right hand and voila, big, thick, to thin lines. Switch back to my left hand. Nothing close to what I could get with my right hand. So, Michael, is there a way to adjust the Apple Pencil to favor a left-handed hold, or did Apple overlook that step?
0: I cannot reproduce the problem that Amy is having, and okay. I spent you, time trying you to use do Procreate. This today. Right? Very rarely. I mean, okay. I mean, I have it installed, but I'm no artist. So, okay, sure, sure, sure. I was playing around with Procreate and. If I'm following uh, with the way that, that Amy is doing this, I'm I selected one of the ink options and chose the like one of the marker pens that they have or the ink pens like from the selection. So you could, like in, you know you can choose like different brushes, and I was drawing and was getting th- thin lines, and I was pressing harder and getting then getting thick lines, and I was doing it left handed and right handed. So I wanted to just kind of say like I I don't know how Amy was trying to do it, it may have been through rotation. Um but it's th- from what I can understand, at least with the way that I was getting it to work with procreate is it was the pressure sensitivity was what was producing thinner and thinner and thicker lines mm-hmm. and I was able to do it in any orientation left or right handed um okay. Apple hasn't got anything for left handed or right handed people because it should work equally across both right um the uh, The only thing that there might be I don't know if procreate has some kind of setting. To, to favor the hand that you use. I was digging around and couldn't find anything. Um, there may have been some strange configuration on it in the store. Uh, there could have also been a problem with the Apple pe- that Apple Pencil itself like because I know sure. that it has sensors in it to detect things and it might not have been working properly. But I've tried it out and I can't reproduce this problem. So okay. from what I can tell, um, unless there's a way that Amy was expecting this to work that I didn't think of, it will produce thinner lines and thicker lines depending on how hard you press the Apple Pencil into the page. Um, it, I have been able to do like shading and stuff when I tilt it, but uh, that's the only way that I could work out how to do it.
1: So just for clarity's sake, you're a standard overwriter? Is that... Yeah, but statement. I was trying
0: that from all orientations as well in case that okay. wasn't working. It's, it's purely, a, from what I can see, is a pressure sensitivity thing. So okay. it doesn't matter what orientation you're coming from. just depends how hard you're pressing. Again, and there might be something I'm missing here, but but that was when I was trying it out today, uh, the way to get it to work.
1: Cool. All right, so the next question is actually something I have experience with. And as I say that, I'm actually typing on the... Uh, on the pin, and I think Jeff wrote an article about this, and it's the Kaveco Sports um, and how sometimes they have a little bit of a skipping issue with the with the nibs. Like, the Kaveco's had some issues over the years, especially, like, in the medium range. I don't have much of an issue with extra fines or even fines. But pins with medium nibs for a while there were skipping... Hard starting, They have a condition known as baby's bottom. So um, Jeff Abbott wrote a post on the pen addict about smoothing out the baby's bottom with using micro mesh. And that's something I use all the time, not necessarily to smooth out the baby's bottom. But um, this email from Kenneth is basically saying, can you talk about the importance of micro meshing nibs? I'm fairly new to fountain pens and initially gravitated towards Kaweco sports because of their design. And then he ran into those. Um, issues that a lot of people have that basically cause this article. So one, we'll send them to that article um, and that'll be in the show notes. But two, I keep micro mesh handy for a lot of nibs. Um, I actually just noticed when I switched this gold nib, I've used this gold nib for, I don't know, a full year in my Edison G10 and really didn't notice it till I put it in this Canalea pen and it could be the ink, the ink's a little bit drier that I'm using. I notice just a little bit of roughness when I go from left to right, um, in a horizontal fashion. So what I'll do is take my little micro mesh pad. You put a little dab of water on it. You don't do it dry. And then you just kind of do some figure eights and infinity symbols, kind of get all those directions all there make it kind of look like a flower. Um, and you do it very softly and you do it very in a very limited fashion you don't do this a lot and then you take it off the page right on the paper and you can tell immediately that something's changed in the pen usually for the better you know if you're pressing too hard or going too fast or doing it too uh too frequently you're gonna you know you could mess up your nib but you want to do it lightly use water do it softly and test constantly as you're doing it and it's one of the favorite Uh, pieces of fountain pen gear that I own because I'll just use it to touch up nibs that I'm feeling something weird in. And it makes an immediate difference. I think everyone should have a little piece, um, you know, in their desk and it's reusable. I'm on the same sheet that I've had for like two years now. And it's about a two by two or a three by three inch sheet. And um, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't really get worn out unless you're, you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. And I I really recommend doing it, but just, just be careful not to take it overboard because you can do some, I won't say damage, but you can go too far. You know, it's, it's essentially a sandpaper by the finest grit that you can. It's like a 12,000. I think the one I have is uh, a 12,000. Um I think that's about the finest you can get and just uh go slow take it easy test constantly and um you you should definitely try this on your nibs if you're seeing some issues and we'll include the show the link to that article in the show notes um to smooth how to smooth a baby's bottom out.
0: Yeah with your help I have done this.
1: Yeah. It's not it's one of those things that just like cleaning fountain pens was in the beginning. It's like, oh, that's going to freak me out and it's going to be a pain and I'm going to hate it and I'm going to do something wrong and I'm going to break something. It's It was like that with micro mesh, you know, when I first got it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do this wrong. I'm going to mess something up. And now it's one of my favorite things to do because it takes very, very little to make a huge difference in the writing output of your nib.
0: Yeah, but it's one of those things that I think maybe – use sparingly or as like a last resort type of thing. Like don't just keep doing it.
1: Yeah. It shouldn't be your, uh, it's probably not your first line of defense, I would say. Yeah. You know, make sure your pen's clean first. That mm-hmm. actually causes lots of problems, more problems than people know. I. That's always one of my first questions in emails. When's the last time you like disassembled this and cleaned it? I'm not talking about just like rinsing the nib out. I'm talking about like taking it apart, you know, taking the nib out of the feed and everything. So Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's a worthwhile tool. And, um, uh, once you get used to it, um, you're going to, you're going to want it in your little fountain pen repair kit along with your syringes and, and booger suckers. <laughs> I just ordered new booger suckers. Mine, uh, mine split. So
0: can we, can uh, we go back to calling them aspirators again? Can we go, can we go back to that? I think uh, I prefer that.
1: You don't have kids.
0: Yeah, and that's why exactly. So that's why I would prefer to just go back to calling them aspirators again.
1: All right, aspirators. Thank aspirators. you very much. All right, pro tip: buy the blue ones, not the white ones. They crack worse. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Just different brands, different rubbers, softness. There is a there is a tier there is a tier ranking of um, aspirators on the market. Mike, I felt I you know,
0: struggle with yourself there for a moment. <laughs> I really
1: appreciate your hard work. It's scary that I know these things. So. All right, so here's one um, that I, th- I think you will, you will enjoy this question, and I enjoyed this question. It's actually a very simple question, but I thought it was worthwhile to bring up. So it says, Jim, asks, Jim says, I just finished listening to a lot of the Ask TPA things on episode 218, and a question came to mind. I know that you like fine, extra fine nibs in general. However, do you like something broader for signing things? It says, I too prefer the fine nibs, but I have one water, Waterman Hemisphere in a medium that seems to be a good signature pen. So, Jim, absolutely 100% yes. And I tend to keep like one big wet stub nib inked up on my desk with some kind of cool ink, usually like a bright blue, turquoise, you know, con pecky, topaz, something like that. Because when you write somebody a letter or sign a signature with that and they get it, it really stands out. Like I've gotten comments on just a note I'll drop into something I'm mailing and I'll you I'll, I'll rarely use one of my extra fine nibs for that because you want to show off that ink and paper because a lot of times I'm sending things to people who have never seen this stuff before and they kind of do they kind of get that oh wow what is this like I'll get emails back saying what did you use to write in this letter with Um, because you kind of have that show pen um, what you're like your good signature pen. So yeah, I do do that. Um, do you have uh, a use case for that, Mike? Do you do that at all? But, or do you just, you always have like wider nibs. Uh, inked up I to always
0: have wider nibs anyway, cause I just like to use broads and, and stubs and yeah. music nibs. And all. I I, just, I think I feel of them as being more fun, you know, in that sure. way. So I always have that sort of stuff around whilst you were talking, I picked up my uh, sky at night and was scribbling around with that thing because I love to just, this is my play pen in a right. weird way like it's the pen that I pick up just to play with and just draw silly boxes and lines and squiggles with because it's of all the pens that I have it's the one that's the most fun to use because it's just weird mm-hmm. you know like the the music nib is just such a weird nib mm-hmm. um, but yeah so I always keep broader nibs around I think it's fun
1: Yep. So, yeah, agree. And I think a lot of people who listen to the show and a lot of people who are into these kind of things do have like a specific, um, like a favorite letter writing signature pen. And it's usually yep. always going to be something wide and something showy. I have showy. to say
0: that over time, uh, I have to say my favorite pen, uh, my favorite nib type is a 1.1 stub. I just yeah. think that they're nice, just, just the nicest to use.
1: Agree. Yeah, that's the kind of the perfect middle ground there. Mm-hmm. I, I agree completely. All right. So speaking of a pen, you can get a 1.1 stub in. Scott has a pen question that you guys are uniquely suited to answer. I I like that. Um, We're special little flowers, Michael. It says, I'm thinking about buying a Twisby Eco. I like the look and you guys seem to really enjoy the pen. However, my main concern is that I am a fidgety person, much like the pen addict himself. I find myself absentmindedly fiddling with my pens or messing with some small item around me while I'm in a meeting or just thinking at my desk. This includes me often twisting on and off the cap on my Kaveco Sport for minutes on end. With the Twisby Eco, I'm concerned that I will uncap the pen to find that I've accidentally emptied a full load of ink, making a huge mess. Would it be easy to accidentally twist the piston mechanism on this pen, or am I overthinking the situation? Thanks from an absent-minded professor. So you're totally overthinking the situation. In the Twisby Eco specifically... Is a pen that can handle your fidgeting. The piston does not get loose. The build of the pen does not allow for a lot of ink to get loose in the nib through the feed into the cap. It's a real sturdy pen and it's just not going to do that with any kind of regular use or even like a fidgety use. Now, yeah, the only you're a,
0: issue you're going to have is if you genuinely believe that you would unscrew like you would want to be screwing and unscrewing the piston end. Like if you do yeah. that, you're in you're in bad trouble, right? But yeah. I can't think that even a fidgeter I can't imagine would do that, but if that's your concern that you think that you'll be screwing and unscrewing the piston, then you're in for a bad time because yeah. you'll blow the thing up, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. But even then, like, even if you just make that first little unthread. Yeah, you have to really go for it. Yeah, you would have to go for it. Like, even that first little unthread is not going to push the ink out the nib and make a mess for you. So, even if you've you've bumped that a few times or just can't help yourself and you're twisting it a few times. If you're really going to town on it, well, yeah, you're going to have a problem with any pen. Um, But... You know, in all my years of using fountain pens in an office environment, only once did I ever, like, make a mess in a meeting, and that was with um, a vacuumatic, and for some reason I, like, flicked it, and just, like, unknowingly, and shot ink across the table. Oh, my God. Um, and it wasn't too bad, and like only the person sitting next to me noticed it, so I just kind of left it there till later, and then I cleaned it up. But uh, it wasn't like a flood of ink; it was like five drops, like shooting across the table. Well, the worst but, I
0: ever did was explode a a, a pen. What what are the, what's the mechanism called? when it has the little arm that you lift up.
1: Um, lever filler.
0: There you go. When I exploded a lever filler, uh vacuumatic. Yeah, a pen show. Yeah, was <laughs> All that the over one the you guy's bust? table? The one was that my you. pen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> way to go he was telling me how to fill it and I thought he was running through the instructions with me like (laughs) as if like follow along so I followed along he didn't want me to follow along
1: yeah I'm with you I I can see that but yeah the Twisby Eco is actually a super durable pen it's not going to take a little bit of fidgeting to do anything to you're going to have to be like a pen twirler or something to start slinging ink around with that thing
0: yeah I agree
1: All right. This is one of the more simple questions we get on a regular basis, but I'm finding this one extraordinarily hard to answer. And we're going to talk about this and it's very simple. It says, this is from Tim. He says, Brad, and Mike, help me decide, please. I'm debating what new pen to add to everyday carry with my new pop-off field notes cover. So it's a standard like leather field notes cover that, um, uh, that you see holds the, um, uh, Holds the notebook. If you could only have one pen for EDC, would you go for a Baron Fig Squire, Caveco Classic, or Caveco Lilliput? You go first, because I still don't know that I have an answer.
0: So I'm going to discount the Squire because mm-hmm. it doesn't have a clip. Mm-hmm. I feel like an EDC pen with a case and a notebook should have a clip on it, so you can actually put the thing together in one package. Right. Right. Which would also make me shy away from the Kawekos, because they don't come with clips. You have to put clips on them, and those clips aren't very sturdy. So, I'm struggling with this a little bit. What I would (laughs) maybe say is none of those, and if you like the Squire, you should go with a Retro 51, because it has a clip on it and the same refill.
1: (laughs) So, I wanted you to go first, because I actually thought you'd have an answer. And yeah. it turns out you have the same answer as me. It's actually oh, really? none. It's actually none of the above. <laughs> yeah. Th- neither of those three pens. That's not the question he asked, though. That's why I'm struggling with it. Yeah. The, an- the correct answer is none. <laughs> but he gave us three options. Like, those are the three pens that he wants. So yeah. I feel like we should pick one.
0: Well, okay. So if we're going to have to pick one of these three, well, and I will say, and we both want to make this very clear... Uh, Tim, that this is that neither of none of these pens are are, are, are what we would consider to be the best option for the task at hand. Well, that's that is the clarification here.
1: Yeah. So this, so the field notes are awesome. The cover is awesome. Every single one of these pens is awesome. Putting them all together, I don't come up with the answers that Tim's coming up with. So I mean, I think what we have here is Tim has a
0: dream situation, right? Like these Hmm. are the three pens he really wants to own. And he's hoping he can combine them. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to say definitely not to the Squire, because it should have a clip on it, which it doesn't. So at that point, you have to go with the Cavecos or the one of the Kawekos and add a clip. So mm-hmm. I would probably, just out of my own feeling, probably go Kaveco Classic. Mm-hmm. Because they're plastic. Mm-hmm. They can take a bit more of a beating. They're lighter
1: the clip actually s- sticks on the plastic better than the aluminum ones I have. There you go.
0: See, I've never put an uh,
1: aluminum clip on
0: the on a, on a Lilliput. For my my own uh, taste, towards the classic rather than
1: the Lilliput. Yeah. So my my answer is also the classic with a clip. Um, I'm shocked that we actually have came to the same conclusion on this. I um, like that we came to both <laughs> same conclusions. <laughs> yeah. It's uh. So yeah. I mean. So, and the reason is, like, I, I'm sure we'll get some, I'll get another email from Tim, is, like, there's no knock on any of these products. It's just that, like, that's not a perfect setup to me no. for putting this, building this um, notebook and cover. Um, so, I will you're say, I will the say. The pins going loose.
0: That this cover, um, or at least there are some of the covers that that he's selecting from, have a pen sleeve in the front of them. Mm-hmm. So... If you're going to put it in the pen sleeve and you don't care about having a clip on it, although I think you should have a clip on it, go with the Squire because to me that's the best out of the lot. Um, and also as well, if you're going with the pen sleeve, the classic, the Caveco classic, probably wouldn't fit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still think that the best option is something small with a clip. Uh, if you, I don't think the Retro 51 is really small enough. Um, so what, what? what would you maybe... Advise as like a a, four, a fourth option.
1: <sighs> That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I just the, the my issue is is with the field notes itself, right? I don't prefer writing in field notes with the P eighty one twenty seven refill or a fountain pen, right? So. Mm-hmm. I'm for my personal use, if I'm doing this, I'm actually choosing something super simple like a Secura Pigma Micron. Interesting. Or a K- Kurataki Mangaka or a Pilot Tech C or Uni Sino DX. Um, those are my field notes pens. Right? So that's why I had a challenge with this question. And then that's why I also chose the Classic as my answer because the, the EF nibs in the Kavecos actually work pretty well in field notes. So See how we can turn like the most simple question into like a crazy answer and still without clarity. There are no simple questions. Yeah, it's it's uh it's really wonderful this this thing that we do this mess that we're in. Well, so hopefully right. we
0: can give some better answers to the next
1: one. Yeah, sorry about that, Tim. I'm not sure if we were helpful at all on that, but uh, I have a feeling I might get another another email on that. So all right, let's hit a few of these. These Twitter ass TPAs, RB Schneider, my good buddy, wants to know what do you do if you load up a fountain pen with an ink you end up not liking? Tough it out or clean out the and ink it with something else. What do you do, Mike? Um hmm.
0: I think I'm I think I'm gonna have to go with clean it out.
1: Yeah. That's that's what I tend to
0: do. I I will just dump it out and clean it out. Like, Don't punish yourself.
1: Nope. You have too many inks in your closet. You have too many pens to fill. Dump it immediately. Move on. Um, It's not worth... You will never use that pen if there's an ink in it that you don't enjoy. Um, Ink of the Witch is the prime example for me. Bung Box. Sailor Bung Box Ink of the Witch. I try and try and try to like this ink. And I keep trying it in, in different nibs. And I keep dumping, dumping it. Like by the next day, it's just, I just need to like get rid of it because I just don't, I just don't use it. I, it doesn't doesn't speak to me, so I, I just dump them and clean them out. So yeah. Um, this next one, Mike. This might take some time. We got a question. This is a follow up. Ask this is Ask TPA follow up. So we got a question. It was last episode, I think, where uh, Doctor Hans talked about wanting to seal off his gel ink pens for later use. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you remember this? So, friend of the friend of the pen addict, uh, Noble Ignatius, did an entire post <laughs> to answer this question. Did you get a chance to take a look at this? I did not. It's amazing. His first answer is actually something I didn't think of, and is actually a really good example. There's a product called Plumber's Tape. Um, It's a very thin, thin uh, tape that will go on and off of your pen like very cleanly. It'll allow you to retract the pen because it's so thin. Um, And you just use this little, little bit and it it just kind of snaps on there, comes off. It's made to go like in between threads of piping, right? So you know it's thin, but it's also durable. It's not going to let anything through. I thought this was a great, great idea.
0: It doesn't even look like tape.
1: No, it's, uh, it's, it's like cellophane thickness, but stronger. Um, and then this, the second, uh, option was something called Plasti Dip and I'm not sh- exactly sure what it is, but he got pictures and videos and all kinds of stuff. So Dr. Hans, you need to go check this, um, and, and see if, if you like this, but we'll put this in the show notes for everyone to check out. It's a very thorough post and he did all kinds of testing and he, um, he does all kinds of cool stuff on his blog and on his Instagram. And he's a, he's a big chronodex user. I always follow his stuff on Instagram cause he has cool chronodex pictures. But, um, one other thing that, um, wasn't mentioned in this post that someone else emailed me and i I apologize. I can't remember who, if you have any of the wax seal wax, um, they're saying that that actually works pretty well melt it down, dip your pen in the wax, and then uh then let it go back on. So yeah. So I thought that was really, really cool. Hmm. Alright. I, I should have done this one after the after the first one there about the ink going out, but uh Chiroho wants to know how do I decide what ink to put in a new pen. Decisions like this are hard. Um do you agree with that, Mike? Is it is it a hard decision or you only have one ink, and it goes in everything
0: well i always have my i always favor right so I, it's not a problem for me i mean because as, as i've said before i don't really buy a lot of inks because the space that they take up mostly like it's it's way harder to try out an ink than a pen in my opinion because mm-hmm. the pens are so much smaller, and the inks are so much larger, and then it's difficult to get rid of them in an easy way, right? Like selling them on or something is hard to do. So I try not to go for too much ink anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always have what I go for first. I mean, I'll I'll always go for Fuyugaki before anything else. Like mm-hmm. I filled up this Retro 51 with Hiroshizuku Fuyugaki today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just where I go to because the ink makes me happy still. That bright orange ink continues to make me happy.
1: Yeah. So, I, you know, I think the real question is, do you match your inks to your pens? Um, and I generally do like the, um, the, uh, Canalea that I just got with the orange features, got, uh, the Sailor Kin Mokuse, which is the old apricot that's getting ready to be the new apricot. Um, so, you know, a nice bright orange. I tend to do a little bit of the matching thing just because that feels right. And then a lot of my black pens will get like blue, black ink. I don't know. That's just kind of how, how I do it. Um, but it's just, um, you you definitely want both to work in in conjunction. So I do have to think about it sometimes. You know what ink am I gonna, am I going to go in here? Go in this pen that's go, that I'm going to enjoy the most. So, all right, my pen needs ink. Bob wants to know. So how do you spell the push button tail of a retractable pen? Is it actually knock K N O C K or knock N O C K like so, the awesome pen case company?
0: I thought it was of a K.
1: Mm-hmm. Are you going to tell me I'm wrong? It's actually neither. <laughs> oh, it's a knock is a slang term. So the slang in Japan is with a K. It's mm-hmm. it's really with a K. Um, just like a knock on a door. Um, huh. is is how you spell it. That's that's where the word came from. That's how I used to see it in um in Japanese writing. They would define. They would call it the knock and spell it out as K N O C K. We just um took took the K off for. For our uh, for our name, um, because it seemed to work, um, but yes, it's it's with a K. But I don't know that it's an, an official terminology, like in uh, pilot or zebras, you know, catalogs. I I don't know what they. I actually don't know what they officially call it because it's hard. You know, some call it a click push button. Um, some will just say retractable. Some will say knock. You knock know, is so the best word. Knock is the best word. I love that. It makes so much sense um, if you think about it, um, and that's why the Japanese are great all right so mikey react wants to know do you think the hype of field notes has died down on ebay etc now similar to the Thai beanie babies which people have always uh mentioned the beanie babies along with the field notes when they were going uh going crazy um on the market and i i think it's died down some yeah um it certainly died down for me like i don't i, I have what i need um, if I see something new like the Nixon that really speaks to me I'll go out and get it um, otherwise I'm not in a rush to do anything anymore um, I'm certainly not hunting down and spending money on these things like outrageous money like on eBay um, and it actually makes me think you know I should probably get rid of some of these duplicates that I have one day just because I don't need them um, what do you think about that Mike? So I have a theory about
0: this I've been th- mm-hmm. I was thinking about this myself a couple of weeks ago I think that they've all been sold. I yeah. think that there's less now because the majority of existing stock that is worth collecting is now owned by collectors, not sellers. Mm-hmm. Like, it's gone. Because there right. isn't really a lot of this stuff anyway. Um, and most of the people that know it's worth anything and don't care about it have, have sold their collections. Mm-hmm. And the people that you know, and now anything that we find now i think is is current collectors who need to sell for one reason or another yeah which is why now also the prices are higher going like on the starting because people know what they're worth
1: mhm mhm so yeah it, i don't think there's like the the overwhelming hype of the older issues right now but i think you're correct in in the way you're saying it's died down because everything's kind of gone if you if you will I think that's kind of what you're saying um, and people have what they want and you know there's there will always be like a small market for it but um, certainly not like it was um, when it was hot and heavy there for a minute when people were discovering that they had these things laying in their desk and they were worth more than what they paid for them so mm-hmm. yep alright I don't even know why I put this question in here Mike but we're going to wrap it up on this just probably so we can fight uh, so P.L. Wody on Twitter wants to know <laughs> what is the best orange ink um, n- habanero? I think that's Noodler's habanero is is Lee's favorite. What do you say, Mike? Do I even have to ask you? You know what, what I'm saying. Uh, but it's not the right answer.
0: Right. OK. I last week for the first time. <laughs> got to see Apache Sunset, Mm -hmm. that is a great ink.
1: Okay, so that's a killer ink. Now,
0: I would say that's more yellow, though.
1: Well, the swab that Lee has, you click that link, right? Yeah. That's not what Apache Sunset looks like.
0: No, that's how it looks like when it's shading. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's orange with yellow in
1: it. Yeah. Apache Sunset on this swab, which we'll put in the show notes because we're staring at a picture, actually looks like the habanero. I think. Like, mm-hmm. when you use Apache Sunset in a pen, it comes out looking like the habanero, which is what Lee is saying Yeah, is his current favorite. But it does shade to a yellowy color like that, It though, does. doesn't it? But it's also so, got some brown. I want to you know. get
0: some Apache Sunset at some point soon to try more, because I was really, really impressed by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll also say, like, so I just don't think the lighting's very good on Lee's photo, because Fuyugaki doesn't look like that. Right. Like, that's more pinky. But uh, anyway, I yeah. think Fuyugaki is the best orange ink. Not just on th- color, like, there are also other factors for me, like drying sure. time and stuff, right? Which is the whole reason that I use it so much anyway. Um, but I think it's the best. But I do want to try it a Sunset more.
1: I give you a hard time about Fuyugaki, mostly because it's fun. It's a legitimately good ink. It's just not... It's... Being the orange ink guy that I am, it's probably not even in my top ten orange inks, but that's almost not fair because they're all so good and I use so many of them. Um... It's a really good ink. If you want to try something, that's a really, really good um kind of straight up orange, just like right in the middle, very bright. It actually kinda of reminds me of Fuyugaki, but it's I think it's actually even a little bit oranger, is the Ackerman uh, orange. Um gosh, what number is that? Uh fifteen. I'll have to look it up. And uh because I'm saying this without uh even even thinking. Sixteen. Sixteen. I was close. It's the... Oh, I'm going to get pronunciation again, Mike, in my oh, inbox. No. Do we need to pull up the soundboard? It's the orange bovin, which is certainly not pronounced bovin. It's pronounced boval or something. So anyway, um, it's a really solid orange. You should give that one a try. At least try a sample of that. It's a great color. I tend to get into the brighter yellowy oranges, which are Sailor Apricot, Sailor Kinmokusei, as phil put in the show notes the sailor bung box tangerine sailor bung box mandarin you know all of these things i prefer better than these straight up oranges i prefer yellowy oranges because it gives them a brightness um i did just get the caveco has a new orange coming out mike and it's more on the apache sunset with the brown side of things and it's not as bright enough to see if you like it um I'm undecided as of yet. I like it better than I thought seeing it in pictures in person. I like it a bit, uh, a little bit more, so we'll see.
0: Cool, so have so, we come to
1: the end this week? We have come to the end. We have come um, to the end, my friend. We had a lot to uh, catch up on. You know, it's always weird when we go two weeks without recording, even though we yep. were only a week between shows. We always have a lot to catch up on. So, and I
0: am um, horrifically jet lagged.
1: You're super jet lagged. We were thinking about recording our uh, members show after this, but I think Mike will die. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not fully prepared anyway. I want to do a little bit more research um, for it, so we'll do that next week, and uh, we'll also talk about the. San Francisco Pin Show and uh, what all went on there, and I'm sure a litany of other topics that we get in through the ASTPA TPA channels.
0: If you want to find our show notes for this week, head on over to relay.fm, slash penaddict, slash two one nine. If you'd like to find Brad online, he is at Dowdyism, d-o-w-d-y-i-s-m on Twitter, and he writes over at penaddict.com. I am at imike, I M Y K E. If you want to find Brad on Instagram, he's penaddict on Instagram as well. Thanks again to Harris for sponsoring this week's show. Thank you for listening as always and we'll be back next time. Until then say goodbye Brad. Goodbye Brad.